It's time we shift our perspective on business and life and see that our businesses are the means to us living life first. Reinventing the way we go about our days as entrepreneurs, the Zero Wasted Days podcast is designed for dream makers and action takers, and also those who value going slow and savoring the moments in between. This is the essence of living a Zero Wasted Days life, and welcome to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Acteson, a former C-level executive turned seven-figure serial entrepreneur, transformational business coach, and I love helping women entrepreneurs merge strategy, feminine energetics, and embodiment to create outside-the-box business solutions to their challenges. In each episode of the podcast, I'm going to share how to redefine how you do business and learn how it can be the means to you living life first. I'm going to share interviews with inspiring people who can help you see how worthwhile it is to keep pursuing your dreams, share heartfelt stories I know you're going to relate to, and give you ideas and strategies to keep going after your biggest dreams. I hope you find value and inspiration here, and that will keep you coming back each and every week. I have some amazing guests lined up, as well as some solo episodes planned. So let's get into this week's episode. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Sarah Schulting-Krantz here at Zero Wasted Days. Sarah is a proud mom to three amazing men, a business owner, a mountain and ocean adventurer, an artist, and a former teacher. Nearly nine years ago, she was at the lowest point of her life. She was suffering from relational and betrayal trauma, complex PTSD, and was debilitated by the unknown as her marriage and life collapsed. Today, Sarah paints a very different picture. Her trauma has become her purpose, to help others embrace their resiliency. Using those experiences and understanding her purpose, she's become a keynote speaker, author, TEDx speaker, retreat organizer, and facilitator for transformational experiences. I know you will love this conversation as much as I did, so let's jump straight in. Hello and welcome back to Zero Wasted Days. I am super excited, as I think I say every single day, but I really anticipate and am excited truly about all of the guests that I have on my show. And I did a little intro already, but I want to invite and introduce and welcome Sarah Schulting-Krantz to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) This is so good. So when I thought back, I was thinking in the shower this morning about when we met. And I remember, you might not remember this, but I was standing at at a lineup for a bus in Boston Airport. And the bus was, this was back in 2019 in November. And I saw this woman run up with like bags and like handbags. (laughs) high heels on and she ran up to the side of the bus and like maybe was a little bit late or I don't know I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Holy. holy shit she is like a, a fire firecracker I was like who is that woman I said I bet she's going to the same place as I'm going and then I watched and, I, and you got on and I'd flown from France on like my first retreat in my new version of my new life and business and so I was like a little bit like anticipatory but Really excited to also meet people. You and I shared a cab at the other end. So we got to Portsmouth in like the middle of the night. We shared a taxi and then we were at the same retreat. So that was my first meeting you. And I think from there on in, it's always has been like you're a force to be reckoned with. And I just, I really do think that's a great way to introduce you. (laughs) I so appreciate you. I remember that. Yes. And this is like taking me all the way back. And I was actually, I was freaking out because I'm like, am I going to miss the bus? (laughs) But you 
know what? That's so metaphorical of life. And I talk about this with my clients. We're always in such a rush, but in reality, it's like we have to slow down in order to also let things catch up because quite frankly, we were supposed to meet, right? And so there's this whole, the one thing that I've learned more than anything, especially over these last 10 years, is that life is unfolding for you and it is not your time. If you think it's on your time, good luck, but it's not. And when we can actually surrender to that and allow the awareness in, we realize that we're going to zero wasted days. We're going to miss out on the moments if we don't simply slow down also, but also realize that there's meaning for it all. It's Mm. so cool. Yeah. And so I I truly, and I even said before we started recording, I said, you were meant to be in my diary this week because there's so many things that as I was planning for this interview and thinking about you and your business and what you've been doing that I'm like, oh my gosh, the universe is sending me Sarah to have this conversation today. So I would love to know as a kind of a kickoff question, I would love to know what turning your setbacks into your greatest strengths means to you by telling a little bit more about, which is pinned on the front of your website by telling a bit more of your story. Most of the people that are here maybe won't know your story. And I don't know how you do like a Cliff or a Coles Notes version of that, but I'll let you tackle the short version since you're a keynote speaker and how you feel like more of you now than you did 10 years ago. So I just did a keynote on Friday. And this was the first time that I actually talked about it in my keynote. And afterwards, I'm going to share something that's really important for everybody to hear. Authenticity is the key, especially now more than ever. And when I actually got off that stage, when I finished my keynote, I had so many people coming up to me, men crying, even the videographer came up to me and said, thank you for being so authentic with your story and sharing what it is to actually overcome what you have lived through. So that's key. So I want to start with that. And I am going to give you the cliff note version because you can go read it in the book and all over the place and we need to get to other stuff. But it start actually at 17, I went through a really hard time in my life and I was sexually assaulted by somebody that I knew. I was not believed. I was placed in a police station surrounded by male officers being questioned. Why don't you scream? Why don't you run? Like all the things, right? And it's interesting how at that time, that was like the seed of my believing in myself. There there was, a, it was a time when I shut down, I shut up and I just went to the space of just knowing that there was something within me that could take me to that next space. There was a lot of things that, and again, like the story is so deep, you got to go just read it. My mom was the person though, that actually walked me through that really hard trauma in life. And I had to get a restraining order. It was brutal. It was brutal. My mom would walk me down main street every day at four o'clock and she would say, hold your head high. People may not believe you. It doesn't matter. Believe in yourself. That's the most important thing. Mm. And then at 40, fast forward, I now have three sons and I'm married and I'm happy living that life of stay-at-home mom. I'm just, had graduated from college, quit teaching, took care of my boys. And then I found out literally at the age of 40 that my husband had been betraying me with men for most of my marriage. And there were multiple addictions involved. It was, again, five of the most brutal days Here's the thing though, I speak on resilience, but it's not just mindset resilience because there's so many of us that take our experiences and we put them into the box, right? Mm -hmm. In order to overcome and to really find your strength, you have to have whole human wellness, which is body, mind, soul, spirit, alignment of everything. Our cells hold on to our experiences, right? Like on a trauma level, every cell, 100 trillion cells we have, every cell holds on to the energy of our experience. And if we're not going to acknowledge our experience, honor what we've been through and utilize that energy for our strength, 
you're literally missing out on the greatest opportunity to thrive in your life. And I know it sounds really wild when you're in it, because I know for me, 10 years, I'm 49 now, 10 years ago, I never would have sat here going, if I'd have listened to me 10 years ago, I'd have gone, you're full of, you know what, because what I'm going through right now is the hardest time in my life. And what I speak on and what I really thrive, what I really want people to hear is that I've been there. It's so hard. It is so hard in the moment when you find out that things are brutal in your life or, and it doesn't have to be a trauma as big as mine. It can be anything. You get into a car accident, small T trauma, big T trauma. Really though, there's that space where it's your greatest classroom. And the one thing that I also realized through my own experience is that resilience is a learned thing. It's not something that any one person is born with. So my resilience at 17 is what helped me at the age of 40. And it's now taken me to the stage and to a podcast and to books, like all of it. And did I just say books? I guess oh, I'm actually. Did say books. <laughs> wow. Dang. I only wrote, I've written one, but I'm thinking. We I, both needed to be here today. <laughs> another, there's another one in me and I already know that it's, um, yeah. you know, that's what it is though. It's really utilizing those things and not compartmentalizing them, but truly working through them on a deep inner level that you find what you're made of. Amazing. I got goosebumps through the whole bit that you just, <laughs> your, well, your whole you answer. About like, I'm really, I have to say, I'm super, super passionate about what I do. And mm-hmm. I know that for so much of my life, I've been told you're too much. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're not, you're not the only one that's, whoever is listening to this, you're not the only one that's been told this. You're just so much. And my so much is what's gotten me to where I am. And so I am really passionate about what I talk about. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like we should be passionate about our zero wasted days because you only have so many. Yeah. And in that philosophy, how did you feel like you could pick yourself up, your three boys from that devastation and believe that you could rebuild? Did your mom's just keep going philosophy have something to do with that? Oh my gosh. You ready for this one? So my mom passed away in July. We had been working on a documentary. She passed away July 6th. On July 7th, I had to go to the Grand Canyon and run a retreat. That month, I had three retreats to run. And when I talked to my dad that night on the phone, and I said, I don't know what to do. And he's, what would your mom tell you to do? You know what? And I'm going to start to cry. What would your mom tell you to do? And I went back to when we were filming our documentary. One of the things that my mom looked at me, this is only a few years ago that we filmed this. And we were talking back and forth. And she looked at me and she said, just keep going. So you just saying that, just keep going. There are those days where you feel like you're up against everything and you just want to fold and you don't want to, you don't want to get up, but having that deep resilience for literally those zero wasted days, which I love the topic of, I love this podcast is that the basis of that is, is really that resilience of getting back up again, even when you are exhausted and also allowing yourself those days to rest as well. But I'm going to tell you, that's why there's five pillars that I talk about within my TED talk or within my keynote speeches. And it's the five pillars have been how I have really transformed my own life through these, literally my entire lifetime. It's been what, 32 years now that I've been doing this. And it's, it's hard, but you can, yes, you absolutely can do it. There were days when I first found everything out that I wanted to take my own life. I was like, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. But so and I you, do you think that there's, are they all equal weighted, the five pillars? Or do you think that, and thinking also of entrepreneurs, like to be resilient, to transition, to practice that 
I'm going to lean into my growth edges and, and I know I need to feel uncomfortable, but it's like you said, it's freaking hard. Is there one that people can yes. start with? <laughs> Here's the interesting thing about it. When I did um, this last TED talk, this is the first time that I actually did the five pillars in this, or not TED talk. I keep calling it a TED talk because we were talking earlier. Maybe you got another TED talk. You know, in the keynote, this is the first time that I actually delivered these five pillars in this keynote. And what was really fascinating, I watched the crowd. I watched my clients. I'm super, super aware of the people and how my words, the learning, the teaching is actually hitting them. And the one that every single person that I got into this deep conversation with told me that it affected them the most was self-forgiveness. Every single one. And it just so happens that's my TED talk as well is on forgiveness. Yeah. Now, there were two actually, but the self-forgiveness was the big key. The very first pillar is understanding that the world is so much greater than your suffering. Mm -hmm. So I don't care if it's business, if you're suffering in business, if you're suffering in life and personal professional, we all go through suffering, right? Of some sort. The world is so much greater than the suffering that we are in at that particular moment. Maybe our business is like not doing well. Mm -hmm. You're suffering, right? The world is so much greater than that. And we have to have this, a belief in something larger than the moment that we are in. And it doesn't have to be faith-based. It can be whatever you want. Just that belief, right? That knowing if it's based in hope or whatever you choose. The self-forgiveness piece, though, was so huge for people because when I talk about self-forgiveness, it's that reminder that you are human. It's not if you fail, it's when you fail. And so if you're going to fail, do it at something that you want to fail at, right? Take a risk, or, or that yeah. you want to learn from, take a risk on, right? And so why are so many leaders, why are so many people afraid to take risk or afraid to get out of their comfort zone or try something new? It's because they're afraid of failure. And mm -hmm. why? Because we attach with failure, shame, regret, sadness, anger, the why did I even try that? Shouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. And in reality, you're meant to try new things. You're meant to actually put yourself out there and fail. You did as a child. Why wouldn't you as an adult? And so too much, don't we? Adults, like we're just, yeah, we're way so much in our head. And so being able to step out of that and remind yourself that you are human. And so that brings you back to self-forgiveness because it's that reminder of you are forged in love and you are meant to put yourself out there. You are meant to be human and you are meant to try new things and learn. So yeah, and it's the fifth pillar. And I'm going to tell you, it touched everybody. So it's testament for your book, for your next book is these. <laughs> oh yeah. These five pillars. Obviously your first one was about self-forgiveness, but the five pillars would be a beautiful thing to narrow it down on for the next book. Yeah, I but, agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But entrepreneurs, we are always, I think, taking risks. And I testify to the fact that the more risks or leaps that I've taken, the more dreams literally have come true in my life. And really flexing that courage muscle a lot. But one of the biggest things that I see in my audience, in my community, and a lot of women that are that's really holding them back in particular is caring too much what other people think. And I want you to tell me more about how you have had to risk it all despite what others think. And you've said also someone's criticism of you is simply a projection of their own pain. Yes. Can you explain that more? Yes, 100%, 100%. So I would say that last year was my, in 2022, was the biggest year for me learning in regards to this. Mm. I went on The Doctors, it's a nationally syndicated TV show, and I shared my story. Mm. And it literally, uh, my entire world just blew up. And not in a, I don't look at it as a bad way. I look at it as a good way. I think that yeah. sometimes 
we have to go through those earthquakes in life in order oh. to clean out and create space for what's next. For me, it was the number of people that a couple actually in particular close to me that was not happy that I did that. And my mom loved it. My mom was like, good job. She thought I did a great job. Yeah. And it's a great episode. It, it ended up being a lot much longer than anticipated because they loved what I was sharing. The thing that happened though, was that it, I think that made some people very uncomfortable. And what I had to remember is what is my true North? And so when we go back to our heart and our soul and our values and the back to our why, which we talk about, mm-hmm. it's really though defining your why for you. It's not about defining it for anybody else. It's what is my, every word has a definition. We sometimes though forget to actually look at our own definition for that word. Mm-hmm. And our definition sometimes change as we get older and we yeah. go through our experiences shape us. It's going back to what is my why in this and staying true to that. Because there are people that are not going to appreciate or like the risks that we take. That's not for them. You're doing it for you. And as long as you keep on your own true north and understand that there's clarity, even in the fog, then it shouldn't matter what other people think. It's in other people have also gone through their own pain. And that's what happened with the doctors, people, people close in my life. I didn't appreciate it, but it's more so because they still had to work on their own stuff. Mm. And so they projected their anger onto me. And I was, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you got to go work on your stuff because I've worked on mine and I'm happy and I'm happy helping other people. And that's ultimately for me why I do it. Yeah. So powerful to really think about that when, because so many women think, oh, I just don't like social media or they say, I don't like showing up. But actually, if you dig a little bit deeper, it's the people pleasing. It's the self-worth. There's always more underneath than the actual fact of somebody else's portrayal of or impression of themselves. You know who you have to listen to? There's two things. Listen to your gut, your own self, your heart, your soul. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is listen to the people that you're helping. Because what happened with me in that is that I got a couple of phone calls, really important phone calls after that, many, but there were a couple in particular who said your words, I turned you that show on in the middle of the night and it truly saved my life. Like I would not be here if it wasn't for you. When I was in the depth of everything, I had a couple of people that my former clients that came to me, they knew I was like in a little bit of something here with all of it. And they literally told me, they said, you need to know how bad I was when I met you and how you truly, I would not be here. I thought about taking my own life and I would not be here if it wasn't for you. So you just never know the impact. That's right. That's the beauty of it. Listen to what matters, not what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And so a lot of women in my world and probably yours are high performers. They're ambitious. They're smart women. Many of us know that we are made for more. It's this thing, it's this vision. We have these big, big dreams. So we find ourselves often in transition, in up levels, in phases where we have that vision, but it feels scary and daunting and hard. So what do you advise for everyone in that category (laughs) who are transitioning and want more for their life? Be scared and do it anyway. That's it. Doing things scared is such a beautiful thing. Do you know there's only two fears that we're born with? Did you know that? No. Literally, there's only two fears. We are born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And so if that loud noise, for example, is your saboteur or that imposter syndrome in your head, have a nice, sweet little conversation with that imposter syndrome or that saboteur and say, you know what? 
goodbye. Thank you. And goodbye. Like I, because I think that fear, fear is such a beautiful thing. I appreciate fear only because it gives me that space to see what else that I'm capable of. It's transitioning it into excitement. So if you think I wasn't afraid when I stood on that Ted talk stage for the first time (laughs) in front of thousand, thousand plus people, oh my gosh. Yeah. Or even delivering my first keynote or standing up there and telling my truth. The more that you do it, the less afraid that you become. And so yeah. you have to take that first step. And even when you're afraid, do it anyway. Yeah. Very good philosophy to live by. Maybe you were actually genuinely afraid of falling <laughs> when you were walking on that stage. I think that the beauty of our most difficult experiences, because we've all lived through them. The beauty of them is that it's also a wonderful canvas for what's Mm. repainting your life, as I call it. Create your own life using, you're the artist, right? And it's a beautiful canvas. And don't forget to look back and say, wow, I made it through that. If I made it through that, what else can I make it through? 100%, 100%. And I really do believe that all of the things that we're going through, like you were saying earlier, they're all stepping stones to what is literally building you up is preparing you for what is next. And one of the, we talked about a little bit, but one of the values that I personally have, and that I've learned a lot from living here in France and just a philosophy that we have at Zero Wasted Days is about going slow and savoring all the moments in between. And as a woman who is on the go, (laughs) I would love to know, how you ground energetically. And I know the part of the answer to that, but how does nature play a big part in that on your daily or weekly routines? Yeah. So that was a hard one for me because I've always been on the go. And now as a single mom, three boys, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, I'm like, I'm on this with you at 7am my time. That said, I really do carve out time every single day, at least a few minutes. And I do have my times like preparing for writing a keynote or book or something where I just, I'm out and I'm just in my computer. And there's always reminding myself there's that time to come out of that and actually to enjoy nature a little bit more. And I always know with my body, if I need to get back out into the mountains or onto the ocean, but really it's, even just going outside. And if I need to write, I sit on my back deck and I write out there. I take my computer out into the back. The most important thing to do though, and I want everybody to truly listen to this is so key. This has been the key to my like success in life. I take anywhere from seven and this is going to sound really wild, but yes, I've done 22 days on the trail. Now it doesn't have to be the trail. Go to an outdoor spa, right? Whatever it is, you have over 300 days, right? In the year for you, like that we live, right? Like we have a huge calendar. We have umpteen years of our life. And yet we have a hard time taking seven of those for ourselves out of one year. Give me a break. And so this has been, I've fought so many people on this one, but when I started realizing the intensity of taking seven days for myself and literally going offline Mm. and saying, this is for me, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to go, for me, it's backpacking in the wilderness. Like I literally go into the mountains and blaze trails and do it for me. It doesn't have to be that for you. However, take some time for you and do something that you love and do not let anybody else in your world take that time from you because that is a gift. And I always say like when I'm taking my last breath at a hundred and something years old, 108, I don't want to regret. And so it's about how do I use this time here for myself as a gift because you are such a gift. Yeah. And so in that 
for you, your place of choice is the mountains or is a hike or is probably off in nature. Why, what does that do for people that may not get into nature as much? And you do host a lot of your retreats in the Grand Canyon or up in Alaska. You know, what does that, I know the importance of it. I'd love to know what, what the power is of being in nature. Scientifically. Is that what you're like scientifically? Well, you've seen anecdotally, like you've seen the power. Oh, I've seen it. It's It's so wild. It's so cool. It is literally so cool. I'll give you an example. So I've had clients that come to me and they're literally like, I don't, I'm lost. Like I'm stuck. I don't know where I am at in my life, which is so true for so many of us. And I've been the same way. I was living for so long up until throughout my marriage for those 17, 20 plus years. I was living it for everybody else, but me. And yes, I was still, I knew who I was and I was still happy and I did all the things. And yet I didn't truly know who I was. Why? Because my energy and everything went outward, external, instead of internal, who am I as a woman? Mm -hmm. And so as a human being out in nature brings you back to that. So it literally grounds you into who am I and coming back to the core of who we are because our frontal lobe of our brain, which is where task mastering happens, we're always in what's next, we're on Zoom calls, we're on in business meetings, that has time to slow down and to take a rest. And then what happens is the back part of our brain, this is scientific, scientifically proven, literally is allowed to rise. And that's where we have creativity. And so we come back to who we are in that space. Now you add coaching into it, you add forest bathing, you add nature healing, you add the work that I do with people and what's important. And you come home to who you are. That's the, who am I? That's finding yourself and spending time with yourself. And I've seen all sorts of things happen from, oh my gosh, leaving careers to opening private practices and businesses to finding relationships to moving, like having a baby, all the things. Why? Because you're allowing yourself to slow down and to be with you. The power of awe. It's simply the power of awe. It's the coolest thing. So you see a lot of actual like life transformation post some of your retreats. Oh, you know what? I've had women that have said to me, they'll call me like a month and a half, two months later. And they're like, Sarah, I'm getting a divorce. I said, okay, I know. I already knew you were going to. And let me tell you when, and then I always ask, I'm like, can I tell you the moment that I saw that happen? And they're like, yes. So this is literally the reframing of the brain, the shifting of the story. And I will be on a trail with somebody and I will be in conversation with them or something. And you can see it right at the moment where you're like, they just got the hit that they're going to get divorced. It just hasn't fully gone into their body yet to make that decision. You have to, it's like the start of it, the seeds planted. And then once it's a resonant choice, all sorts of things happen. Like you just yeah. shift, everything shifts yeah. in your life. Yeah. It's that realignment with self. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I've looked at all of your retreats with a lot of, what is it? Anticipation. I would love to go on one of your retreats. I'm trying to find They're the word. They're so fun. They're so fun. And It'll happen the somewhere in the future. <laughs> like we have to bring laughter back into life, like into 100%. our business. They're just so much fun on top of it. We play. Yeah. And so out of everything that you've done over the last 10 years, tell me about the, not the effect or the impact on your boys, but this work oh. in leadership and resilience and how how that's impacting them and what kind of legacy you're leaving with your kids. Not like you're you're living to 108. So (laughs) I actually do feel like I'm going to, I get asked that a lot. And I always tell people now I tell people, I don't like to talk about, I not to talk about, because I never talk about, but 
I, I really want them to take over the platform of their life and speak more about their life. Make sense. Mm-hmm. That said, I'll give you the high level view because I'm also very protective of them. They're doing great. They're doing so freaking good. And I'm so proud of each and every one of them. My oldest is an entrepreneur and he's amazing at what he does. My middle son plays water polo for USC. And so he's a leader in his own right. I will say, let me finish up with that. So, and he's co-captain of his team. He's going to, he's a senior next year. So I'm super excited. And my youngest son is a huge avid basketball player. And so they've really taken their, all of this, their own resilience. And I don't think that they quite see it yet. They will someday, just like I didn't until I was 40 at the, the impact of what mom taught me at 17. They're still young. My oldest is 31. My middle is 21 and my youngest is 16. And so hopefully someday down the line, they'll say, just like I am now, wow, mom really did teach me a lot more than I even realized, right? I will tell all of those family, those moms and dads who never was listening that the greatest thing that I did, the most impactful thing that I did was seek help when I was in all of this. And I'm telling you, it was some serious, deep trauma for a year of my life that I was, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I I had no idea what I was going to do coming out of that. And the one thing that I did as a mom is I went to each one of their coaches and I had a conversation with their coach and said, I need help. Mm. Will you help me look over my boys? And then I went to their schools as well. And I had a conversation every single year that they were in middle school and high school. Cause at the time, that's what they were in elementary school, middle school, and then in high school up until I felt like we were probably five years out. I talked to every one of the teachers and the principals and the counselor. And I pulled them together and I just said, here's where my family's at. I can't do this alone because I also need to take care of me. And what I need simply from all of you is an ask of, could you please watch over them? And if any, you see anything, could you first of all, give them some grace because there's a lot happening in their life. And then could you please just tell me, tell me if you're seeing any kind of change and just be a support for them. You don't have to tell them that that mom came in and told you any of that stuff. And I do want you to just be there for them be that shoulder in any way that you can. And that was, I would say the best thing that I ever did, even though there were people that told me not to. Mm -hmm. And I said like therapists, even that said, I don't think that I would step into that space and tell more. And I was like, no, like I need to get help. I, I need them to have help and support. So as it you can see on the crazy. video, I know this is audio, but I'm tearing up just thinking about this and just the advocating that we need to do for our boys. And I've got three boys as well. So yeah, I can, I felt that one deeply. I really, I really felt that one. And the other thing that I told them, <clears throat> and they didn't actually know that I even went to anybody and told them mm. until a few years later, when I finally said, your coaches do know, and this is just so you guys know, because they were young when all this happened much younger. The other thing that I kept stressing to them was find your passion and use this. That's what resilience is, right? It's use this energy that's in ourselves because of this experience to, to really use it as a foundation and a power to empower yourself moving forward. So is it any surprise that my kids are really good at water polo and basketball? Highly competitive. Uh, Besides the fact that they're gifted in that those sports and they really are athletes. It was for me, it was like, listen, buddy, if you want that ball to go through, use the anger that you have right now and this Mm. rage because of the situation or whatever it is. And they didn't always like listening to it. And then many times they poo-pooed me and they were like, whatever, mom. And it's, they'll get it someday. And I, yeah, they turn it into their superpower as opposed to, 
And that's how we started this conversation. Like, how do you take that and put it into your strength? That's a part of how. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to almost finish. And I have one last. (laughs) That's the way. Bring it round full circle. I have one last final question. And it's, I ask, not, I don't know everybody the exact question, but I would love to know because one of my values is spirit of adventure. And I live and breathe with my business and my life very much living in my values. And I would love to know what adventure means to you and where your favorite place to visit has been and where you still would like to go. Oh gosh, this is such a good question. Look at a smile on my face. Okay. First of all, Italy has a very special place in my heart because I was there a couple of times with my mom. That was a big one. However, adventure for me, and I don't even remember the whole question, but I'm going to dive into it anyhow. I have found that the coolest thing is living that adventurous life in every area of your life, like every single day and surprising people, surprising people with adventure. So like I told my boys a couple of days ago, I said, I'm not going to be here for Mother's Day because I'm going to be in Dallas with my youngest son for basketball. I said, will you give me Tuesday night? And they're like, what are we doing? And I ended up getting Andre Bocelli tickets literally like last night. We're going oh, tonight cool. sitting right up front. And I sent him a picture of where we're going. And they're like, what the? And I said, listen, I may not spend a lot of money on things, but experiences I will. Right. Yeah. And to me, that's that adventure is where I want to leave with as many memories that I can have and also create for others. I don't give a crap about the things. I mean, obviously, I yes, and, right? I will say the coolest thing has been pushing myself out of my comfort zone and taking those risks in nature and in mountains because I didn't start climbing mountains until 2017. 2017 was I first started backpacking. And I don't think that people understand that. It was my... It was two nights out in the wilderness. I was always afraid of getting eaten by a bear. So, so I know, fair enough. But now the trails have turned into waypointing. And so we are now section hiking. We did a part of it last year. We're doing a part this year and a part next year. We're section hiking the Sierra High Route, which is 195 miles through oh the gosh. top peaks. I know. through the It's the coolest thing though. Oh my gosh. Through the top peaks in Southern California. And there's literally no trail. You are literally going, you're like waypointing using a map compass and your phone through the tight over 12,000 plus 13,000 foot passes, 14,000 foot passes. And it's, you no get the trail, tra- no trail. And you look I down. I didn't know what waypointing was. I was assuming, oh, that's like from going from A to B, but with the, with no, the- no, no, you're no. And, but here's metaphorically of life. This is why this is so freaking cool because where you once, where I once started on a trail and I've done 22 days on a trail. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, what else can I do? And I once thought that people were crazy when they did this. And then I tried it and I'm like, dang, I am hooked because you're creating your own steps. Mm -hmm. And metaphorically, it's literally life. Like there is no right or wrong. It just is. Mm -hmm. And so when you're standing at the top of a pass and you look out on top of a mountain, you look out and you're like, I got to go there. And I have no idea how I'm going to get there. I have no idea. And I trust that I'm going to get there. It's crazy, but it's so cool because you're like, I know I'm going to get there. How do you know you're going to get there in 22 days then? No, this is, you're literally going to get there and normally it's a day and a half okay, oh, okay, yeah. hiking. But the 22 days I did on the trail, yeah. waypointing through the 122 days I did on the John Muir trail. That was 250 plus 250, about 250 miles. But this is wow. 14-ish. It's 195 miles. It's the coolest thing though, because 
you just, it's this space of just trusting and knowing because mm-hmm. you've done something, you've built that resilience and that foundation for whatever. So right now that's my jam. I'm, wow. I'm so like, I love the Sierra high route yeah. and we've done one section of it and we're going to keep doing it. And it's, it's that's so crazy. That's deep trust and knowing, right. Then I guess that you're truly embodying deep trust and knowing so that you, you can are embodying. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're able to then at a cellular level, feel that across your whole life. Everything like business, whatever it is, you just know, cause you're just, you're in it. That's so So. cool. So cool. I'm going to offline, but I'll put you in touch with, or I'll send you her profile. And I actually have an interview with her later this week is one of my roommates who is climbing the, all the 8,000 plus mountains in the world. And she only has 30% sight. She lost her sight as a teacher. I'll send you her story. And yes. I'm interviewing. She's in Kathmandu and she was about to do Everest this month, but she's putting it off to next year. She's done seven, seven or eight. She's done half of them. Incredible. Oh, I'll share her story with you. Eight peaks. Oh yeah. She's, doing, all, she's doing 14, 14, 8,000ers. She's done K2 and all that. Anyway, <laughs> it's a bit of an aside, but just as a if people that are listening, my interview with Jill Wheatley is her name and she's coming up, but you'll love her. And, and yeah, there's so much to, okay. I think that. I feel like I've heard of her name. Yeah, you may have heard her story. She was my roommate at uni. That's amazing. Anyway. That's so cool. It's so cool. You just don't know what you're capable of until you get, until you step 100%, into it. 100%. Yeah. Sarah, I really appreciate you waking up early, being here for oh seven o'clock in the morning. Oh my God, this is amazing. Amazing. I love you. I really appreciated the conversation and I'm honored that you've been here. Tell people where they can find you, follow you, how they can get involved. Give them all the goods. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Sarah Shelton Kranz. I'm assuming you'll put all this in the show. I'll put it all in the show notes. Yeah. Because I know it's a long name. And I'm, I am on Facebook, but I'm not, I'm there, but I'm not I'm that like much. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. I had a few things happen with Facebook and then also LinkedIn. I mean, I'm definitely on LinkedIn a lot. Sarah Shelton Kranz on LinkedIn. And then you can follow my podcast, Live Boldly with Sarah and my website, sarahsholtoncrayons.com. So if you're interested in any retreats, the book, anything, like literally everything is in there. So all there. Yeah. Your website was very comprehensive, but you're, so your next few retreats are what? So we have one, so my Grand Canyon filled up. We are no longer have Grand Canyon this year, but in 2024, we have two in one in January, one in March. And then we have the San Juan Mountains in July with me and Florence Williams. She's mm-hmm. a best-selling author of The Nature Foot Fix here in Colorado. And then I'm also running a retreat, I believe, in Alaska. Right now it's up. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do it or not. Because okay. again, that's that balance of life and business. And I got to yes. see if, what's going on with my kids' schedule. Okay. But right now it's up. So take a look at it. We'll be kayaking out of Whittier next to glaciers. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Sounds so, yeah. incredible. And it's all on your website. People can get in touch. All on my website. And following along on Instagram, obviously you go along these, you don't go along the, all of the journeys down into the Grand Canyon, but yeah, if it's piqued any interest, you'll be inspired by just following Sarah. Thank you. It's so much fun. Thanks, Sarah. Yep. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.